joy in our disability community can be tough, but it is possible. That's why I'm bringing Kate to share about her new book to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and Kate, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. So, you know, we're, we're going to chat about all these different things that you're doing actually on a different podcast. So I want everybody to know who's listening right now, who might know Kate from all the different things that are going on. Just know that there's like a part two that's going to, going to be happening, but, but we need to talk today specifically about this finding joy as a parent, um, you know, as a caregiver, uh, just in our families and for all of our teachers and our admins and our therapists who are listening, this is important for you to lean in and see some of the perspective that maybe you've never even thought about before. So tell us what's the title of your book, Kate? So it's called Forever Boy. And when you just mentioned teachers and therapists, that's so interesting because I hear all the time on my Facebook page and my blogs from teachers and therapists and doctors and um, daycare professionals. They're like, I want to know what home life is like. I see your child for eight hours during the day. I don't know about what goes in to a long weekend. And I so appreciate when they want to know about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's something that you know, I think people are sometimes afraid to ask too. So I love that you put it in writing and people can access this insight in so many different ways. Um, it's so very important. So tell us, um, we know that we, uh, you know, typically say, how did you end up at an IEP table? You guys just have to find the next, you know, episode. So she already answered that question. Um, so that's up and coming. So just tell us about Cooper. Yeah, so Cooper, I'll just show you this picture because it's my favorite picture of all time. This is us. He was 18 months. Now he's 11. He is a tween and he is thriving and loving life and living his best life, I always say. His diagnosis, um, I always say I have it in a drawer tucked away because it's kind of heavy. It's severe nonverbal autism level three, anxiety, intellectual disability, all that kind of alphabet soup that we use to get services and supports. But as a mom, I don't really want to use every day because he's just Cooper and he's exactly who he's supposed to be. So the book is about um, from the very beginning and how I had this vision of what my life was going to be like. Like I was like, I'm going to get married and we're going to have two kids and we're going to have a puppy and we're going to camp and live. We lived up north on the North Shore and be outdoors people. And when Cooper was born, it, our life really turned upside down. He was a he was a challenging baby. Uh, the cutest ever, but didn't sleep and struggled to eat and just seemed really confused by life. And the book takes us through all the ups and downs that go with getting a diagnosis and trying to figure out this super complicated thing and the feelings that go along with it that are often not talked about. So I lay it all out there. Um, and I think it is a really, you know, inspirational, uplifting book and hope. Hope is the word that will resonate through because there is hope. Always. Yeah. And we talked about this before we hit record. Like that's my favorite. Like I sign almost every email. If you guys get emails from me with hope and determination, always Catherine, like that has to be the foundation, at least for me every day. Um, when we're working with those hard alphabet soup kind of diagnosis or, you know, everybody else is saying no. And you're like, I'm going to get to it. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to find the win, um, yeah. you know, short-term, long-term each and every day. I'm, I'm going to find that no matter how hard it is. So let's, let's talk about um, what was your favorite thing to write about in the book? Okay. So first writing a book is really hard. <laughs> 
I thought I, I, I am a writer. That is what I would say. Right. And, um, got my book deal and, um, they're like, okay, COVID starting. We're going to put you on lockdown. You have to homeschool your kid and you're pregnant. And I want you to write this book. 60,000 words, please. And I remember just panicking and writing a few chapters and really struggling with it. I didn't have a lot of fun with it at first and it didn't go well. And then I, I, I did find my groove and I will say my favorite chapter to write, and you'll hear this, was the last one because it's all the advice that I would have given myself if I could talk to mom of three-year-old Cooper at that diagnosis table when this super heavy thing was given out. I would have said all this and I think my path would have been completely different if I would have had these words to carry me through. Um, it was one of the harder chapters to write, but it was my favorite. Yeah, I, I say that all the time. Like, I wish I would have known. Now there's things that I'm glad that I don't know in the future, right? <laughs> like there's things like, yeah. I don't need to know that. Like, we're just gonna live in the moment. You know, I don't know what's gonna happen there. But there's some things I'm like, I wish I would have just known. I would have known, I wish I would have known that way, you know, when my daughter was having, you know, severe seizures that like, it was gonna be okay that we were going to be okay. And, and that life was going to look different in the future than it does in that moment. And, and I think no matter who I talk to, you know, doing this for so long, having my brother with Down syndrome and my daughter who has like, it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than okay. Because um, you'll make it okay. Yes. You'll make it okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's your favorite. What was the hardest? Where was the one that just tore you up? Okay, so I, um, you know, I share my story to, you know, roughly, I have um, 900,000 followers on social media, and I share my story. And I really had to change what I share over the years as my page has grown, because I didn't realize that I could reach people that just really just don't like me. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. I was so naive in the beginning. And so I've, I've changed my message for Cooper's dignity, for our privacy, for just because I don't want to, I don't want to fight with people. But in the book, um, we had, uh, I would say, about six months of really hard aggression and self-injuring. And it was at the height of Cooper's anxiety. And I was I was like shaking when I had to write it because I, uh, we were at a really hard time in our life where we had to make a decision. What, you know, what if he doesn't get better? What if he doesn't? What if we don't overcome this mountain? How do we continue to live in our, in our home and keep our other children safe and help him thrive? It was one of the lowest points in my life, and I outline a few of the aggressions in here, and I'm scared. I'm scared, but I know it will resonate with so many people because families do go through this every day, and they need to know that they're not alone, so I hope that this part helps them. Let's talk about that hard stuff a little bit because, you know, I follow you on social media. I see, I see some of the, you know, the trolls and the haters and the people that say you're exploiting Cooper. And, you know, I think that's important for us to talk about. Um, it just, it, it, you know, I feel like you're the person that I could have that conversation with and say like, yeah, like I'm very protective about what I share about my daughter's history or what I share about my brother's current life. Cause I will tell you disability struggles for an adult who's in his forties is different. It, it's just so different. And there's things that I don't share out of the dignity of my brother. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I feel like I share enough to connect. And I, I know so much more is happening behind the scenes. I'm like, yo, I'm just like scratching the surface. Like, don't worry about like, like it's okay. So how do you, how do you help distinguish, um, what is okay to share and what is not okay to share? Mm -hmm. So I always start this conversation with, I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning and I think it's really important to own those mistakes. 
But again, I never expected anyone to read my stuff. I was very naive about the dangers of social media and the reach that I could have. No one expects to ever go viral. You never think that you're going to be successful in this social media thing. And I did find that. And in the beginning, um, I shared more than I would now, although I will never and would never share a meltdown. I would never, I don't share a lot about potty training. I, I've always, aggression, self-injuring. Um, I would never share those things in video form. I try to write about them after and talk us through to resonate with the parents. So I have had people say that I shouldn't share Cooper's story all the time. And what I try to come, the angle I try to reach is, I'm telling my story. And the story of the mom matters. The story of the dad matters and the grandparent. And if we don't tell those stories, people are just going to suffer alone in, in, in loneliness and isolation. And their lives should be normalized too. Like my life, so my life with autism as a mom um, is no, so I'm a mom to four children. It's not autism and three kids. I want to talk about my whole life. I want to share it. And if how awful would it be if I never mentioned Cooper? Like, can you imagine the backlash for that? If I was like, I can't talk about him. Um, so I just tried to come at it from a really um, real yet positive angle. And I'll tell you, as I've changed my message, a funny thing has happened. I've been accused of um, glossing over severe autism. And I was just going to say, now you're probably like sugarcoating everything. It's so hard. <laughs> like that's what they're, they're going to say is like, this is not reality. It's not real. And I just did a, a, to my support, I have a small group of people that I, I talk to on a regular basis. And I just said, I don't know where Cooper and I fit in, in the disability community anymore, because I don't, I just don't know anymore. I feel so lost once again, like I did in the beginning, because I don't want to talk about this hard, this really hard stuff anymore. I want to talk about finding joy in everything that I can. And I, I had to make that switch because I couldn't live in that dark spot anymore. I just couldn't. And it was eating me alive and affecting how I was a wife and a mom and a person. So I changed my message and I'm going to continue to own it. And, and I hope it resonates with someone. <laughs> it, it, and it will. And it does. And it will. <laughs> um, so can I share a little insight on that thought of you don't know where you fit in in the disability community, having been here, I don't know, like an extra two decades. <laughs> you and that and, and this is to everybody who feels like, like, it's the community that you're supposed to fit into, but you don't like it's like first you didn't fit into the typical community in the way of like, you're not sharing the same stories on the playground. And then you accept that yes. and you find the joy in that. And you're like, okay, I found my people. Like I got this. And then you're like, oh, this doesn't fit anymore. Nope. And I want everybody who is hearing that that's because you're growing yes. and you now have insights, perspective, skills, and abilities that you get to pave a new road. So you don't fit in. And I can tell you for not fitting in, I mean, I do not fit in to the teacher community in the way that I thought when I became a teacher way back in the 1990s. Okay. Like I, I do not fit in. And I was doing like this undercover work is what it felt like. Like I'm this certified teacher, but I left my teaching job and I'm helping parents and I'm helping teachers build these IEPs that work in the real world. And I'm working for both sides. Nobody yes. works for both sides. 
And like, that's what you're doing. Like you're working for both sides right now. You are working for the disability community. You are working for Cooper, but you are working for your own, your other children. You are working for the other parents. You are working. It's an amazing place. Like enjoy the journey of not fitting in because when you find your groove, yeah. When you find your groove, you become more authentically who you are and who God designed you to be than you could have ever imagined. You will step into like, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That gives me goosebumps. I think that is so true. I think that is so, that's amazing to say that. And, and it, it can be lonely. I'm sure you felt that too. It can be lonely to um, be on your own path. Um, especially even with the autism in general, just stepping off with your child out. That's why I always say it's like we stepped off and we walked away and we were alone for a long time, but there is so much beauty that comes out of it. Like, I love where we are now. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the book. Let's make sure that everybody has, um, what's one of your, um, most surprising moments that happened like while you were writing the book and you're like oh I need to I need to tell this story like let, let's let's share some of that hope or joy or something that surprised you in Cooper's journey um well okay so we've touched on this before it's when you're in something that's really hard it feels like it's never going to get better right you feel like and there's a saying in the disability community that's you know where your child is now is not where they're going to be five years from now. And that can make some people annoyed because they're like, it's going to be hard forever. Well, those probably still be hard parts, but some parts are going to get way better. You're, you're growing, your child's growing and changing. So to see the change in him from the beginning to the end is unbelievable. And the change in me and my husband and my other kids, we transformed. I mean, we are completely different people. Autism is not a dirty word. It's one that we shout from the rooftops. We're proud of Cooper for who he is. Yeah, we have some hard times, but we we're all advocating for this person and for other people like him. And you can see that in this book. Uh, That is, that is a great just perspective of, you know, here's the thing. If you're listening to this and you're a parent of a child who has especially a heavy diagnosis that, that just feels like it's overtaking your entire life and everything from, it's all about doctors. It's all about IEP meetings. It's all about, um, you know, we, we talk on the the next episode that's going to be coming out about how like your life feels clinical instead of joyful, um, in that way. That's why you need to go get this book. It doesn't matter if your child has a different label than autism. It's, it's just, if you feel the heaviness, of being a parent who has to navigate in a completely different way than you ever thought was needed, then you need to go grab this book and make sure that you hear the stories that Kate tells in a very raw way of just, this is it. This is what happened. This is where we're at now. And and these are all the things that are possible. So let's leave um, everybody with a message of hope. What would you tell that parent who, um, you know, it has had no sleep, right? So we talk about that of like team, no sleep, right? Who have had, they've had no sleep. Um, they're hearing no everywhere. Your child will never do this. No, you can't have extra support at school. No, we can't go to the park because you know, all the lots of nevers and no's. What, what do you say to them? Um, I would say adjust what 
adjust the picture of what okay is. Adjust the picture of what success is. I used to think in the beginning that our happy life would happen when Cooper started talking and started sleeping and went to mainstream school and our family could get on the airplane and go to Disney. I will tell you, Cooper can't do any of those things. He's 11 and we have an amazing life. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. There really truly is, but you may have to adjust what the light looks like. So now we want Cooper to be able to communicate, which he can do in like five different ways, which is I think actually super awesome. We just went to a water park for the weekend. Wasn't, wasn't Disney, wasn't an airplane, but he had amazing success. He now sleeps till about four in the morning. And you know what? That is a win. <laughs> and, and there's so many other things. He inter you know, interacts with his siblings. He has friends at school. He gets on the bus willingly. If you would have told me three years ago that that's what success looked like, I don't know what I would have said. I would have been like, well, that feels like, did we give up? Oh, heck no. We worked so hard for these things. So adjust that picture of the future and settle into a different normal for your family and your child, and you'll be okay. I promise. On that note, everybody, if you know somebody who needs to hear this, please make sure to share this. If you're on you know, iTunes, please make sure to leave a review. Let's make sure that we send this message of hope, that we get this story of Forever Boy out to as many people as possible because isolation is still way too prevalent inside of our disability community, and it's not necessary anymore. We absolutely can share these stories. We can build a community. Thank Kate. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me and grab a copy and let me know what you think. Leave a review on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I just, I can't wait. And I'm so scared, but I can't wait. to hear <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll have all the links and all the things yet. We cannot wait for these stories just to reach you. You need this story. It, it just to give you that, that adjustment of that light. I love how you put that because it is all possible. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. 